Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothfarb. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. It's Monday night, which means it is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, Casino, everything that you want in downtown Las Vegas right off of Fremont Street. Scott Strandy with you tonight in a very chilly Denver, Colorado. My co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb, in a very warm and sunny Southern California, I'm guessing. Rob, how are you? I am well. I am well. It's uh, 61 degrees and a little chilly. Uh, it's supposed to drop down into the upper 50s tonight. And, uh, you know, it's not it's not all fun and games in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you it's not all fun and games in Colorado either. It was 35 and drizzly and cloudy yesterday. It was about 40 and uh, cloudy with a little uh, snow flurry action here and there all day today. And, um you know what? It's hockey season. It's November 1st, and goodness gracious, are there things to talk about? Well, there's there's a lot of things to talk about, and uh, some good, some bad. Uh, unfortunately, the bad overshadows the good sometimes. Yeah, unfortunately, that is the case. Well, tonight, we got a great guest joining us in about 15 minutes or so. Shang Peng is going to be back on with us to talk about all things San Jose, and that could be uh, one or two weeks uh, because there are a lot of things going on in San Jose. Yes. So uh, we will touch base, touch base with Sheng and, uh, and find out all of that stuff in about 15 minutes. Um, unless you've been under a rock, you know that there's been all kinds of stuff happening uh, in the world of NHL hockey. Gary Bettman and uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly uh, met with the media today regarding everything that's happened in uh, the Chicago case, I guess we call it. Um, right. I, oh, my goodness. I can't even begin to tell you uh, all the different things that, that have happened um, in the last week since you and I talked. But it was breaking Monday night. Last Monday night we were doing the show. Um, and uh, I don't know. Let, let's start right there with Mr. Beach. Uh, your thoughts, Rob, on, on what's transpired in all of this. Uh, well, it's courageous that he came forward originally. It's courageous that he came forward and he's no longer John Doe, uh, on the lawsuit. Uh, you know, I watched the interview with him on, uh, it was on NFL, NHL network and, you know, TSN's broadcast of it. Uh, I almost cried honestly to listen to what he had to talk about. And then, then to try to, uh, take on the blame from the kid that from Michigan that, that was abused by Aldridge. I like the NHL stance. Uh, we talked last Monday about uh, Quinville. I, my prediction, I remember if I uh, I told you on Twitter, was that 24 to 48 hours he'll be gone. Wait until the meeting with Batman. And he was gone right after the meeting. Uh, I'm curious as to why uh, Shovel Dayoff was not also asked to resign, even though he was assistant GM and really, you know, one step removed from the decision maker, I guess. Uh, but I, I like what they did with taking Aldridge's name off the cup. Uh, I, I, I like so far mo pretty much all of what the NHL has done. I don't like some of the reactions, like Jonathan Taves' reaction. Uh, uh, not only he not, uh, just towards commending Bowman instead of you know keeping the focus on Beach and what he went through. Don't worry about Stan Bowman; he'll be fine. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, I echo all of the thoughts that you had. It was very tough to watch. It was uh, something I think everybody should watch. If you mm -hmm. haven't already, you need to go back and watch it because uh, it is real life. I guess the whole thing that, that's bothering me more than anything else, Rob, is this happened 10 years ago. That's a decade. 11. 11. Yeah, okay, 11 years, yeah. a decade yeah. plus years. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm worried that uh, there are more cases. I'm worried mm -hmm. that uh, the action wasn't swift enough. Mm -hmm. um, I'm worried that um, we haven't seen the end of this yet. Uh, th there's so many different things about it. I hate to see people lose their jobs over things, but but you know what? You, you got to stand up, especially if you're in a position of power. You got to stand up and do something about it. it just uh, you can't let it uh, go on. And and to think that this happened 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And to think that that Kyle Beach is still dealing with it and is going to be dealing with it for a long time before this thing goes to to uh, to where we can put it in the rearview mirror, maybe a little bit, because he's got court cases, he's got right. um, settlements, he's got right. all of these things to deal with again. I mean, can yes. you imagine a more than a decade of your life you've been going through this and fighting and telling people <laughs> yeah. and trying yes. to. You know, not just say that this didn't happen, you know, and now finally it comes out that, you know what, all this did happen. And, you know, I, I hope he gets a, a lot, a lot of money, honestly, because that's the only thing that's going to help him, uh, you know, pay for all the th therapy and everything else that, that he's been going through and dealing with. I mean, it's just a shame that he's had to deal with this for 11 years. And I commend his family. I commend his girlfriend for standing by him. Uh, and being by his side and helping him with the re uh, the rehab part of it and and getting through this and I couldn't imagine. Yeah, you're you're not alone. Everybody's echoed the same feelings. I'm sure there will be a large monetary uh, settlement at some point in time um, or award, depending on how far it goes. Um, so so that's the rough part. Uh, right. Obviously, Joe Quenville resigned, and he's no longer the coach of the once undefeated uh, Florida Panthers. Um, who knows where he goes from here? Um, not to say that he uh, he's going to be okay. He's got he's got plenty of money, and he's got uh, cups and everything else right. to look back on in his life. Right. So this is going to be a black spot for sure. But but he moves on. Right. Um, the the organization in in. Chicago, I don't know uh, how long it's going to take them to uh, correctly move on, but uh, maybe the process has started. I thought Bettman was uh, – um, I don't know if you saw it today or heard today. I, I heard it, um, but it was uh, very forthcoming, and I think uh, Gary Bettman did about as good a job as he could do with what he had to deal with. Right. Um, so I, I was excited uh, for that part of it that he actually stepped up along with Bill Bailey and – um, took responsibility and said that they don't want this ever to happen again, and they called it a wake-up call for the rest of uh, the rest of the world, not just right. the sports world, not just NHL. So, well, okay. let me ask this question. Let me ask yeah. this question before yeah. we leave this this topic. Donald Fair, it's got to go. It has to, right? Well, I mean, how can he not? Because what, uh, when, when's that going to be handled? Well, I understand that was handled or was in the process today. All all of the 32 player reps uh, were on a uh, call with but Donald. I haven't heard a final today. resolution. I haven't heard no. any, anything from that meeting because he knew about it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he didn't. You know, I mean, he didn't help his player. No, he did not. And his agent reached out. Uh, you know, this is all speculation on my part. I'm not, I wasn't there, obviously. So right, I could, right. I'm just telling you, the, the, it doesn't look good. Right. So, um, so that's that. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, okay. Let's, not let's to, move on to the positives. What, what do you have for the positives? Well, um, <laughs> your New York Rangers, uh, yes. Adam Fox is sitting front and center on the NHL.com website. So that's a pretty cool thing. Well, you know, we talked about it earlier in the uh, – uh, actually, earlier in October when we were doing uh, forecasts and stuff, and we talked about McCarr and Fox for the next, you know, five to ten years, and they're both signed for eight, seven and eight. So it's going to be a battle for a long time. <laughs> and let me ask you this. Does Bo Byram jump in that hunt uh, a couple of years down the road? Uh, the way he's playing, it's he's been outstanding, hasn't he? He has. 
he has. Um, the other thing I want to get to, I hate to be a downer, but I think we need to talk about this because we'll definitely get into uh, it with Sheng in uh, in a few minutes. But um, COVID has not gone away, Rob. Uh, no. it, it is all over. And uh, it, the cases, because of uh, the vaccine, maybe are not as severe and maybe the death tolls, which is all good news. But, but goodness gracious, I mean, uh, we were going to have Kate Shefty on tonight. Uh, she's got COVID. Oh, really? <laughs> a breakthrough case. Uh, she's vaccinated. She was vaccinated, but she's, uh, she's suffering with it. So she uh, declined to come on tonight. So um, we, didn't, uh, we didn't go down that road. But, again, she's, she's a media rep, and, and right. this stuff is circulating all over. And uh, I'm sure Sheng knows all about what's going on in, uh, in San Jose and the fact that they do uh, – uh, correct me if – I don't know if you know this or not, but maybe we'll ask Sheng when he comes on too, but – I believe the Barracuda had to cancel a game. They did the Stockton Heat. Yeah, because they had to move their by thunder. They had to move by thunder. They had to move a bunch of players up to the NHL, right? They yeah, they they two a forward, Noah Gregor and Zachary Sarchenko, a goalie, uh, were are on the COVID nineteen protocol list. The goaltending coach for the uh, Barracuda are on, he's on the uh, COVID list. They brought up Kyle Topping and Jacob McGrew. Montana, One Bucci, uh, a defenseman, and Zach Edmond, uh, a goaltender. Uh, a couple of them from uh, that have played multiple teams in the e- ECHL. Uh, I don't know this season or or, but uh, one guy's a scorer. That's what they need. I'm gonna. That's one of the things I want to ask you about Shang is the lack of scoring in for the Barracuda right now. Uh, but yeah, they brought up four guys from the uh, for Orlando of the ECHL. And, and in Colorado, I, obviously, I catch the Colorado news now frequently. And um, <laughs> when, when I was hearing that, they were talking about, you know, the cases aren't as severe and there's not as many deaths, but there are certainly a number of cases. And uh, the hospitals here are, are being a little overwhelmed in Denver to the point where they're they're a little worried about what happens if this continues, especially with the holidays coming up. So, um you, you got to just continue to practice safety. I mean, uh, I get tweets all the or tweets or text messages or comments all the time when I'm doing an interview, and they go like, "Hey, you know, uh, take the mask off, show your face." I'm going like, you know, a that's protocol uh, that where I'm doing the interviews at that I cannot do that, and secondly is um, I, I care about others. So right. while I'm vaccinated and, and uh, knock on wood, I don't have COVID and haven't contracted it at least that I'm aware of, um, I'm not going to take a chance on possibly being the one to spread it to another player, whether it's collegiate or professional, whatever. So um, people just got to understand. I mean, yeah. this is this is nothing more than a, a very bad pandemic that, that needs to get under wraps. And I hate to keep using this platform as a soapbox, but gosh darn it. Um, have we seen enough yet? It's, it's you know, until people – start taking it more serious and it's not so much taking it serious as as it, it, uh they don't care that they they don't believe it but they don't <laughs> because they, if they did they would be wearing masks they saw that the cases went down when people were wearing masks and and now in los angeles county uh, uh after the fourth of november you have to prove vaccination to go into any indoor event or dining establishment so it will be interesting to see what happens here uh, and if other states and counties uh, across the country do the same thing. Well, and, you know, it's not just the vaccination part of it, because I just gave you an example of somebody that was vaccinated right. that got a breakthrough case, and there are hundreds of those cases all over, and all over. NHL players aren't immune to it. That's happened right. to them, uh, right. several of them that have gone through the protocol, and, um, you know, okay. So off of that soapbox, let's take a quick break and let's see if we can uh, connect with Sheng Peng from uh, San Jose Hockey Now and uh, talk some Sharks hockey. And then Rob and I will come back and uh, and do a little visit with uh, what else is going on in the NHL and AHL. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with Sheng Peng from San Jose Hockey Now. This is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circusports.com. 
Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at circusports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, my apologies, folks. Uh, I hit the wrong button there for a minute, but <laughs> you're back with Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by VD, Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, and Casino. Scott Strandy in the chilly and uh, cloudy and uh, bit of damp. Colorado tonight in Denver, Colorado. My co-host is always Rob Rothbard on a beautiful Southern California. And uh, Rob, it's our pleasure to bring on Shang Peng from San Jose Hockey Now. Have I got it right, Shang? Did I get it right? Uh, yes. San Jose Hockey Now. <laughs> San Jose Hockey Now. And I also have my own podcast, the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. I heard about that. I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but congratulations on that. That's always Thank fun. Thank you. Um, Okay, so let's jump right into it. What the heck is happening in San Jose? They're off to a great start, and all of a sudden, COVID is everywhere. <laughs> well, COVID is everywhere, everywhere. So, uh, yeah, so it's not much different in San Jose. Uh, basically, Saturday uh, game day, uh, I guess uh, the players are uh, test uh, every three days. That's that's the protocol that all the vaccinated players, they test every three days and they tested on Friday and the results came back to PCR test. So it takes a little longer. The results came back the next day, Saturday morning, and they found out that a number of the players uh, had tested positive, including the coach, uh, Bob Bugner. And so then uh, the Player, uh, the players who tested negative went back in for another test, and those guys got cleared. But the seven players who tested positive, including Eric Carlson, Jonathan Dolan, uh, Andrew Cogliano, just to name a few of them, uh, they were out from Saturday's game, and they had to recall five players from the Barracuda. And all five players played in uh, Saturday night's uh, surprising win against Winnipeg. That's incredible. That is, totally, is. <laughs> totally incredible. Um, <laughs> well, hopefully everybody's doing okay. I know these uh, these breakthrough cases, once you've been vaccinated, tend not to be as severe. But as far as you know, everybody doing okay with it? We don't know. The Sharks have not been uh, very forthcoming, which is how guys are. Uh, we know that uh, according to uh, – uh, uh, Tommy Hurdle and Logan Couture, we talked to. Some players are feeling symptomatic, some not. Uh, my own uh, reporting, uh, I've learned that uh, 
Jonathan Dolan and Matt Nieto are a couple guys who are asymptomatic. Um, I suspect that Eric Carlson and Jake Middleton are symptomatic. And I say I suspect only because on Friday, the day before the Saturday game and the day before the positive tests were announced, on Friday, uh, both Carlson and Middleton were missing from practice. And it's unusual to have a entire pair you know if it's just carlson you know just a maintenance day for a veteran no big deal but it's kind of unusual to have an entire pairing missing from practice and nobody in to fill in so basically the sharks ran a full practice on friday with uh, five defensemen and nobody else unusual was missing that day and we did not think to ask uh bob bugner who was still there that day uh what the status of carlson and milton were uh, but we can guess, and we asked acting coach uh, John, acting head coach John McClain today about Carlson and Middleton and their absence on Friday, and he just said they weren't feeling well on Friday and they missed Saturday. So that sort of seems like a well, you know, do the math there. And so I would guess that those two, just guessing, just speculating because we're not being given any other information, that those guys are symptomatic, uh, hopefully not too serious. Obviously, the range of uh, being symptomatic can range from not being too serious to being very, very serious. And hopefully none of the sharks are that, uh, but we don't really know. Uh, but I guess the good news is that like most of the NHL, all these players are vaccinated. And so you would think it is likely that uh, the symptoms aren't as serious, but they may be serious enough that uh, they may not be able to play. And if you're symptomatic uh, and you, Keep test and then you keep testing positive. You're going to miss ten days at least. We saw that just with Blake Wheeler, for example. And so, yeah. So that's sort of uh, what's going on in general. We don't know a whole lot, uh, but that's what I know. Well, let's let's talk about some on ice stuff because both teams are off to a, a decent start. Probably better start than most thought. Uh, what do you think is attributing that to it? Uh, with the the Sharks, um, I think a couple of things. Uh, they've obviously got a much better goaltending from both uh, Aiden Hill and James Reimer, mainly James Reimer, obviously. Uh, but even Hill, uh, Hill's really only had one bad game. That was in Boston when he got pulled in his start. Uh, otherwise, I think he's actually provided a pretty reliable goaltending. Uh, Hill has been uh, even better than that, of course. I think Hill's save percentage is in the 960 or something like that. Obviously not going to last, but when you get that kind of goaltending, you can do a lot. Um, so I think that's 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 how you start off with when you talk about their success. Uh, but there's other things, too. They're actually defending better than they were last year. Uh, just for example, if you watch that Winnipeg game, especially the first couple of periods, uh, you would think – that it was Winnipeg that was a team that was uh, shorthanded, and it was San Jose that was running a full team out there. Um, the first two periods there, I think the Sharks had a uh, slot shots on net advantage, and that's a stat from Sport Logic. Slot shots on net advantage, all situations of 15 to 2. That's the first two periods against a loaded Winnipeg Jets team. And so that speaks to how hard the Sharks were competing and, and how hard they're defending. Even though James Reimer in that game ended up uh, making 34 saves on 35 shots, actually, Reimer saw most of them. It, you know, I don't think the Jets really challenged uh, Reimer. And part of it, I think, is you know, obviously the Jets. I think the Jets may have taken an opponent lightly. The Jets were also at the end of a road trip. But also, too, the Sharks defended well. They boxed out well. They kept the Jets from getting in, uh, in James Reimer's kitchen, getting in front of his eyes. And so I think so. that is something that they're doing better. They're defending better. They've also had a power play success to start the year. And they've simplified the power play uh, as opposed to last year, uh, more of a kind of a shot quantity approach. And with that kind of approach, you can kind of uh, run into slumps because you get the shots, but the shots are inefficient shots. And so you're not uh, scoring. But uh, in this case, they had they had a run of kind of a, a lot of a lot of luck, I guess. Well, not luck, but a lot of uh, scoring, probably scoring early on. So that kind of helped uh, get them those wins early on uh, when they start off four and zero. Um, I don't know if they by and large are playing, you know, I don't know if they're playing great hockey, but uh, they are playing uh, decent hockey and they've had some breaks. And so now they're five and three. Okay, so when we look at the Pacific Division, um, you know, I, on paper, everybody said, oh, yeah, well, the California teams are rebuilding. They're not going to be ready to go. Um, it, mentally, though, when you when you talk to the players, they, they don't believe that stuff, right? I mean, they can't believe that stuff because uh, they're there to perform and get a paycheck, and they're professionals, and they want to win games. So well, have you seen any difference um, 
this year from say years past. And I know last year being a pandemic year was, was hard to get uh, real close to him. But have you seen anything tangible, different in the locker room or from the attitude or things like that, Shane? Well, it does seem like the team in general, they talk about how positive an atmosphere it's been this year as opposed to the last couple of years. They've talked about how when things went wrong in previous years, guys would sort of go on their, their own page. Uh, obviously, there's a conspicuous absence that I'm sure we're going to talk about in the San Jose Sharks locker room right now, which might have something to do with uh, this uh, kind of uh, uh, extra positive atmosphere. Uh, we could see an example of that. Um, you know, the power play I mentioned has been a strength, but it, it had gone, I think, three games without a goal. And they had a big power play coming up against Montreal. A game they actually lost. But one of my questions with that is, you know, power play uh, uh, coming up. Uh, the coach wants them just to kind of fire away. They don't They don't want too much of the cross-lot passes, uh, too much of the fancy stuff, right? And that's the kind of moment where maybe last year they would have gone away from the script. You know, guys like – guys in a, a – talented individual players like Eric Carlson, not to put the blame on him, but a guy like that or any one of those guys, Thomas Her- uh, Tommy Hurdle, Brent Burns, whatever, right? Maybe they start to kind of do their own thing and play a little hero ball. And with the best of intentions, of course, they're not trying to hurt the team. They're trying to bring a team back from a game that they're losing. But in, in, that, in that way, though, of kind of going off on their own page, even with the best of intentions, you start to kind of undermine the team process. And that's not what I saw on, you know, it's a small sample, but on that power play, they just kept doing the same kind of repetitive power play that they've been doing all year, which is just pound the goalie with shots and hope something good happens. And even though, like I said, that's not the most efficient power play, but it shows a team that is, uh, I think, on the same page. And we could see that, too, even in this uh, surprise win versus Winnipeg. These guys, uh, the guys who are out there, and even the Barracuda guys who came in out of nowhere, uh, you know, again, played a solid defensive game, boxed out the Jets. Um, that's a kind of mark. A, that's kind of mark of a of a more together team. And I think it's one of those things that it kind of feeds on each other too. You always start the season with a great attitude. I think almost every team does, right? You start start the season hopeful. You start to lose some games, and then you start to lose belief. Uh, the belief, though, in San Jose is uh, growing. Uh, wins like the one against Winnipeg obviously are going to feed into that. Uh, how they started off 4-0, uh, sweeping through Canada, uh, that's going to feed into that. Even though they were on a three-game losing streak, for the most part, uh, they you know they played uh, decently. They came back in a couple of those games from down to make it a, you know, a very close game in, in, the, in, those lo- in two of those three losses, the ones in Boston and Nashville. And those are the kind of things that kind of feed belief and kind of feed, uh, uh, feed the culture. And so I think in, in that way, you know, like, uh, you know, things are always very kind of vulnerable to start a season, uh, especially when your team is not a loaded team like the Colorado Avalanche or whatever. But uh, things seem to be breaking in San Jose's way. Uh, things are going well. And so, yeah, I, I, I can see that's kind of snowballing here a little bit, uh, that kind of positive feeling. And it's being reinforced by wins and goals and whatnot. Do you also uh, attribute this the start to both uh, the Barracuda and the Sharks balanced scoring? It's more than just one line, more than one player. Well, I don't know about that. If you look at uh, the statistically, actually, uh, the Couture, uh, Meyer, Dolan line has really carried the load uh, for the Sharks. Uh, before uh, the win against Winnipeg, obviously, Couture and Dolan didn't play. But before that, I believe that the Couture line had scored eight of the 10 uh, five on five goals that San Jose forwards had scored. Uh, so they weren't getting enough scoring from Herdo, uh, the Benino line, uh, the Weatherby line. Um, so San Jose actually has been a little bit of a one-line team uh, start to start this year. And obviously, long-term success, that can't sustain itself, especially if your one line isn't Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Um And so, yeah, so so I, I, I think that that actually was a little bit of an issue. But, um, you know, that might resolve itself. So, you know, uh, Tommy Hurdle, you think, will kind of get going. Uh, we have gotten contributions uh, from, like, Eric Carlson, obviously, has found his offensive form a bit in terms of uh, getting on this, the score sheet. He's off to a pretty good start. So that's obviously helped. Uh, but long term, though, yeah, they actually need more scoring from especially Nick Benino. But uh, to speak to the point about – I do, do want to mention it. I think it's important to mention in terms of the, the Sharks and their hot start, and I didn't mention this. 
this. Uh, Timo Meyer in particular has been an exemplary, uh, consistent force to start the season. And he's a guy that has honestly disappointed the last two seasons with sort of his inconsistent uh, results and effort and, and whatnot. But this season, though, pretty much every game, he has looked like he's brought his A game in, in every single game. And when a guy like that is doing that, that also can do a, a lot for your team, even if you are lacking some scoring depth, or even if you're missing a bunch of guys because of COVID. And of course, it's Timo Meyer who scored the overtime goal uh, against Winnipeg on Saturday. Okay, so so let me ask you, man. I got multiple things to ask you, but you you alluded to it. Um, Evander Kane is away from the team right now in suspension. Um, what happens after that twenty or twenty-one games, however many he's uh, suspended? What's going to happen next, Shane? Don't know. Uh, again, the team isn't saying much, but I would guess that he's not going to be on the team, and he's played his last game as a shark. That's just my guess. Uh, I think it's really, it was very, very telling uh, when the NHL announced his suspension and basically gave a finite period for Kane to return, which is right now November 30th. Um, before, during training camp, when we asked about Kane, they would say, well, well it's being investigated. We don't want to talk about it. And you kind of understood it because not only were they investigating the fake vac- vaccination card, but they also were investigating uh allegations of domestic violence and so you understand that you know players don't want to comment publicly on that okay so fast forward to a couple weeks ago the angel announces the suspension they say that they couldn't substantiate doesn't mean it didn't happen but they couldn't substantiate uh anna kane's strange wife's claims or allegations that uh vander kane battered her okay so moving on from that, then we're focused on just the vaccination card part of it and that 21-game suspension that the NHL handed down for, well, allegedly, we don't know that for sure, but allegedly Evander Kane trying to uh, pass off a fake vaccination card. So now you have a finite timeline. So we're going to Montreal, and that's the first press conference that the players have after this press conference has been announced. We ask basic questions. Is Evander Kane welcome back on the team? Uh, we don't get one positive response from, you know, you look back on the stories of San Jose Hockey now. We talked to Mark Edward Vlasic, Logan Couture. Uh, basically, uh, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Vlasic who said, we'll see. Uh, Vlasic also said, uh, and he said it's in French, a French reporter, Evander Kane put himself in a situation. Uh, we asked Logan Couture that day in Montreal, uh, has anybody been in touch with Evander Kane? Has, you know, offer him support, whatever. He's your teammate. Logan said, I haven't talked with him, and I don't know uh, any of my teammates who have talked with him. Okay, now think about that. Just think about the distance that the team, the players are creating the, uh, between themselves and Evander. Have you heard, ever heard of any player that's been suspended? Uh, uh, you know, you go back you know, forever in angel history, you know, Rafi Torres, Matt Cook, you know, uh, I use this example. It's not a perfect example, but okay. Mark Shifley got suspended in the playoffs, obviously for a bad hit. If I had asked the Winnipeg player in the off season, I was interviewing, Hey, is Mark Shifley welcome back in the locker room? They would have looked at me like I was the stupidest reporter in the world. They would have been like, of course he's back. Welcome back in the locker room. Are, are you fucking kidding? What, what kind of stupid question is that? You know, uh, because it's obvious, you know, Shifley is well-liked. He's a good player. Of course, he's welcome back. He made a mistake with his hit. Happens. You move on. Now, Vander Kane, obviously, uh, maybe not as well-liked. And obviously, his fake vaccination card, his alleged fake vaccination card, is not the same thing as a bad hit that you know happens in the heat of the moment. Nonetheless, though, uh, you would think if the guy's like you know wanted their leading score goal scorer back they would say like yeah of course we welcome him back he made a you know a dumb mistake or they wouldn't say the word dumb but he would say like he made a mistake with his uh, vaccination card thing he owned up to it uh he apologized to us and uh you know we accept it and we welcome him back when he's ready to come back that's what you always hear routinely uh you know when you ask a player about a fellow suspended teammate we're not hearing any anything Anything like that from the San Jose Sharks? Not one, not not one shark has said anything to that effect. And so that anyway. So long story short, it leads me to believe that 
that they're not going to bring him back now. It's very complicated how to get rid of Evander Kane and his contract. Very, very complicated. Uh, they cannot buy him out anymore because that window passed uh, during the offseason. I suspect that they will try to buy him out next offseason. And this year, they'll probably just pay him to sit at home. Uh, that that'll be that that'd be my ultimate guess. Uh, they may also uh, send him to the Barracuda, where uh, therefore being able to bury about a million dollars of his of his cap hit. Of course, he'll never report to the Barracuda, and you don't want him around the young players at all, anyway. But um, I that that could be possible too. Uh, but basically, though, I find it very, 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 very hard to believe that we'll see Kane in a Sharks uniform again. Uh, the one, I guess, possibility. Uh, from my just my guess is if Evander Kane can kind of walk into the room, kind of hat in hand, and you know win his teammates over with just a you know apology for last year and all the things that have been reported and how he was a uh, a locker room disruption last year, flooding team rules. Uh, obviously, this vaccination card thing, uh, you know. Can he win over his teammates that way? I suppose that's possible, you know. And I guess what I've gathered though is that there's no reason to believe that Kane has made such an apology. If you watch that ESPN interview, Sports Center, there was no feeling that I got of remorse from 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 the person. And so, if he comes back with that, uh, maybe the team will give him a shot because obviously that's seven million dollars sitting, you know, not doing anything for you. So, uh, and he is a good player. You know, uh, so there's no disputing that. Um, so maybe, maybe that's possible. But I, at this point, and yeah, we'll see. You know, I, I think though it was telling though, and this is very early on. You know, they were on that long road trip. They just got back uh, earlier, or I'm sorry, earlier last week. And we asked Bob Bugner uh, a couple of days back home if he had talked to Vander yet, because we still haven't seen him at the facility in terms of just skating and whatever, right? Uh, that's the Sharks practice facility. And Bob said, um, I don't know where he is. Uh, I haven't seen him in San Jose. And then I, I asked Bob, well, is he skating in Fremont? Because the Sharks own a, uh, a skating facility in Fremont, uh, which is about 20 minutes away from San Jose. Uh, is he in L.A.? Uh, he's like, I, you know, I, I believe his, uh, his estranged wife and their daughter is in the Southern California area, so it could make sense that he's down there. And Bob kind of laughed and said, I don't know where he is. I don't know. So, again, <laughs> going back to what I was saying about you know, uh, what you hear about guys when they're suspended, right? Teammates keep up with the, sus the suspended players, sure. right? Coaches yeah, keep right. up with the suspended players. You know, they try to keep their spirits up, et cetera, et cetera. This doesn't sound like anything uh, like what's going on with, with, with Evander. And so, you know, so if you thought when the Sharks came home, that's where Evander Kane would be waiting, waiting at the airport with a, with a boombox over his head, like John Cusack could say anything. Pretty sure that didn't happen, right? And um, so, yeah, I mean, so again, things can change. You know, there's a. Uh, you know, four weeks between now and November 30th when Kane is Kane is scheduled to come back. Uh, maybe he'll have a sort of a uh, come to Jesus moment where he'll realize that, you know, he needs to make some like honest to good changes with his life and how, I don't know, his interactions with his teammate. And, and you know, so I suppose it's possible, but at this point, it just, it's just hard to see. I mean, I, I've, I've never seen, uh, even just as an observer and our fan, uh, teammates just basically, I don't know how to say it, uh, freeze out publicly one of their teammates like that, just kind of leave them, you know, you know, leave them hanging like that. So, <laughs> okay. I've got one more to throw in there before Rob jumps in, but, uh, so that leads us to the question, um, we know he's a talented hockey player, but is he too much of a damaged good to uh, to be traded for anybody? I mean, even to a um, you know, I heard uh, I'm on the road now, Shane, for about four weeks, and I've been listening to a lot of NHL Network, and uh, a lot of people were calling in and saying, "Oh, this guy should be traded for Evander Kane. We should trade so and so for Evander Kane." Is that even realistic? Um, not with the money he's making. Uh, he is due, including this year, four years and $7 million uh, each season. No team's going to take that risk. Um, if the Sharks do buy him out at uh, this upcoming offseason, 
then he becomes, of course, an uh, unrestricted free agent. At that point, I think a team would 100%, there'll be, I think, a line uh, willing to take a chance on that because then you tell yourself, well, you're you know, taking a minimal financial risk. And if you have a strong locker room uh, and you have a winning culture, these are all the same, actually, uh, uh, premise uh, uh, with, with uh, how or the reason or how the San Jose Sharks even brought Evander Kane into the fold, if you remember the trade deadline of 2018, it was under the same kind of guise uh, right. where the yeah. Sharks had a winning culture, a strong locker room. And they thought we can kind of introduce this very, very talented element. But, uh, you know, obviously a lot of off ice issues, uh, you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment, uh, you know, not even getting into the stuff with like, you know, his fight with Justin Falk, Dustin Bufflin cutting up his jersey, or I'm sorry, his uh, track student in Winnipeg. Um, so but you tell yourself that, yeah, that, that that you have, and that Sharks did have that locker room. And, safe, and safe, I, safe I've, bet I've been hurt. Safe bet, Chang, he's not going to Vegas. No, I doubt it, yeah, but... Contract. Yeah, it's just yeah. So it's so so anyway. So a team will talk himself into it uh, if the Sharks do buy him out and he becomes a free agent. Because then you don't at least you don't have to worry about the financial risk anymore. You know that's what the Sharks did when they after they traded for him and then they signed him to a seven year forty nine dollar forty nine million dollar deal. Even with everything that happened with him in the past, uh, they were taking on that huge financial risk, uh, putting a lot of trust in Evander Kane. Uh, a team this offseason won't have to won't have that financial risk. So so I think he'll he'll very easily find NHL employment in that scenario. But in this scenario with his current contract and no way to void it, uh, I don't believe that there'll be any kind of settlement like a Mike Richards. And I had that story a couple weeks ago at San Jose Hockey Now. Uh, no reason to believe that 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 will happen. Um, so I don't think any team is going to trade for it. Even the Sharks like take on, retain half the salary, right? Which is significant. Uh, it's still 3.5, four years of a player that you really, really, really have no idea, you know, if if, if, if your locker room is going to accept him, if he's, you know, who's going to sue him for what next year, that kind of stuff, you know? So I, even in that scenario, I, I doubt that the Sharks can move him. So, um, so yeah, so I, I do not think he's tradable right now. Uh, but I do think that a team will take a chance on him uh, very easily. Will take a chance on him, right or not? Uh, when he when he comes to a place where he's of uh, low financial risk. Well, let's let's talk about the uh, San Jose Barracudas because they're off to a decent start, and uh, let's talk about guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what can we expect from uh, Kyle Topping, Jacob McGrew, Montana Onabuchi, and Zach Edmond? Probably might, not much with Zach, but the other three, what can we expect uh, the contributions be? Well, I, I would actually maybe uh, uh, offer a different opinion. Now, usually when guys are in the East Coast League, uh, forward and defensemen, uh, they usually don't end up making much of an at least an NHL impact. I'm not saying that. Uh, I mean, a lot of cases of guys going from the, the East Coast League to the, to the AHL and making a good impact. But goalies do get buried in the East Coast League a lot. Uh, uh, good goalies, Jonathan Quick is just one example of that, of a guy who uh, is – was in a deep organization, a prospect who's in a deep or, uh, organization in terms of goalies. And there's not a lot of jobs out there, obviously, right? There's two in the NHL, there's two in the AHL. And so sometimes guys end up there. Uh, that said, with, with Zach, though, um, yeah, he has not had a, a great track record uh, last couple of years in juniors. And he was not lights out uh, in the recent rookie games. So, yeah, so so I'm not sure if, if, his, if his course is uh, going to be – going to end up in the NHL. Um, and then the other guys you mentioned too, uh, same same kind of thing. You know, uh, Kyle Topping and Anya Bucci did receive some nice reviews in uh, training camp early on and the rookie games. Um, but, and the Barracuda, you know, I would say to the credit, they're a much deeper team than they were last year. Obviously evidenced by NHL guys last year, like Gregor, Leonard, uh, ending up uh, with the Barracuda this year instead of competing for the sh- uh, spot with the sharks like expected um but yeah so i'm not i'm not sure i'm not i'm not really sure if uh, any of those guys will end up having much of an angel impact actually it was just more what kind of impact would they would have for the barracuda 
Oh, okay. Well, with the Barracuda, obviously, uh, you know, McGrew is uh, somebody who stepped into late in the season last year in the playoffs. He stepped into an elevated role. Obviously, uh, uh, he was helped in that by the fact that the Sharks had called up a lot of the that Barracuda's better prospects at that point in the in the in the playoffs, guys like uh, Blickfeld and and uh, John Leonard was already up, and guy guys like that or Chekovich was another guy that definitely would have uh, starred more uh, if they weren't up with the Sharks. And then when and then when the season Shark season ended and, and the Asia playoffs were going on, some of those guys didn't go down, like John Leonard, for example, didn't didn't go down to the Barracuda. Um, but he was able to play some decent minutes there. So he should be able to add some good uh, kind of a middle six, potentially uh, 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 wing depth for the Barracuda. I think it was a little, his, his track is a little disappointing though, because obviously, like I said, uh, last AHL playoffs, he was basically a top six winger granted, you know, some of that was circumstances and then to not, be able to make the Barracuda to start off the camp uh, has to be of some disappointment or some uh, some concern. Obviously, uh, Jake's had a lot of uh, uh, trouble with uh, knee injury, so it makes you think that maybe the skating isn't uh, quite there yet. Right. Uh, I think Kyle Topping's a guy that they've liked a lot uh, it, during at least the rookie games and, and, and things of that nature. So he should be able to help uh, fill out the, the center depth a little bit, uh, bottom six a little bit. And uh, Anya Bucci is you know kind of a raw talent, um, but obviously again you know the Barracuda they're missing uh, right now they're missing Malash, Ryan Merkley uh, and um, Jacob Magna too, so they're missing a lot of talent on the blue line. Um, so yeah, so he should be able to help out Phil on in that role as maybe more of a depth guy for the Barracuda. Okay, so so let me ask you this, Shane. Uh, obviously the Pashniks are are uh, near and dear to the uh, Arizona State in the Southwest, but mm-hmm. have they fallen out of favor with uh, the Barracuda and the uh, Sharks? Or where do you see Brinson and, and Steen? I know Steen is uh, still down in the ECHL, right? Right, right. And so uh, that should, I guess, you know, uh, Steen's uh, path back to the HL might be a little steep just because the, the uh, Barracuda organization is a little bit deeper this year. Uh, as, 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 uh, Insofar as uh, Brinson, I believe he's hurt right now. Um, but yeah, I think there are a, a big, bigger picture questions with him, just in terms of his skating and whatnot. And obviously, too, uh, he he uh, he had his uh, celiac disease issue, uh, which he he discussed uh, openly uh, during training camp, where um, he was having trouble, at least you know, as of last year, uh, shedding about you know he wanted to lose some weight and gain some mobility and he wasn't able to do that and they figured out the reason why was because of his gluten intake i guess and once they figured it out uh, you know he has lost uh he reported i think 13 pounds over the summer and he says that he feels lighter more mobile and that is sort of his that's sort of uh, the big thing between him and the NHL probably is him and his skating. And so if he is indeed more mobile, then I think long-term that could help him a lot. Um, but again, if he's not playing right now, which, uh, which, which he isn't, then, uh, you know, he needs some time, obviously, you know, he missed a lot of training camp. Uh, anytime you lose that much weight, whether even if it makes you more mobile in the end, you have to adjust to other parts of your, of your body. Um, so I think with Brinson, it's sort of, sort of a wait and see, see thing. Um, he has been surpassed on the depth chart by uh, guys like uh, Santeri Hadika. Um, even guys like uh, uh, Niazev and Ryan Merkley have been much better. Uh, or I'm sorry, Ryan Merkley has been much better this year. Uh, Niazov is a, is a, uh, just over from from Russia. He's a very highly regarded prospect. So on a Barracuda depth chart, he definitely has been surpassed a little bit too. But you know, I wouldn't close close the door on him. I'd like to see him get a stretch of games and be healthy and you know be able to show the Sharks that his skating, his mobility has indeed improved. Okay, final one for me. Uh, another NCAA guy that uh, I'm familiar with, Jasper Weatherby, got his first goal. Uh, tell us what you know of Jasper Weatherby and his uh, stint with the Sharks. Sure. Uh, his uh, rise with the Sharks has sort of been uh, unexpected and um, not quite meteoric. I don't want to uh, um, 
I don't want to exaggerate, <laughs> but uh, but he was not a guy that necessarily was expected uh, to make the Sharks uh, during the summer. Um, but then during the summer, when they uh, you started hearing kind of rumblings that yeah, actually uh, he actually might be a guy to watch for. Basically, when the rookie games kind of rolled around, and basically what happened with Jasper is that he really had a, a late season surge there uh, with uh, uh, University of North Dakota. I'm not sure uh, exactly the the numbers anymore, but you know, maybe he scored like nine goals in the last 15 games or something like that some kind of late yeah, season he, scoring he was surge. impressive no doubt yeah and so so basically uh you know thinks he's just uh, sort of a late bloomer right he's 23 so things started coming together at the end of that season and he had he had gained uh you know he he was i think 6'3 222 by the time he got to rookie camp so he had angel size and strength and so that's when you started really hearing like hey this was a guy that actually could make the sharks uh, this coming year. And that was, you know, cemented when he signed the entry-level deal with the Sharks, which he didn't do uh, last college season when the Sharks wanted him to, you know, uh, whether he was going to return to North Dakota. So you have to believe, my guess, don't know this for certain, but it makes sense that the, the Sharks saw something that they really liked in him, be it be it uh, uh, at the end of this last season. Also, too, he came for the Sharks at a development camp in July, and they had a scrimmage game then. And so they must have really liked how he tested then. And they saw uh, immediate NHL address. So they offered him the entry-level contract again uh, during uh, that uh, during development camp, and he took it. And probably with uh, some kind of don't, – don't know for sure, but there probably was sort of a, yeah, you're going to play in the NHL this year, you know? And so – so you know that would be a motivation to to kind of a carrot for 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 Jasper to sign. So anyway, so so that's the point when you start to see okay, so the Sharks are more serious about this prospect. They don't just want him to sign like they wanted last year, but um, they're you know they're, 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 they want him to sign, but also too you start hearing rumblings like hey, this guy can take a fourth line center job. So I, I think that he he very much impressed them in the last season and development camp. Uh, this season, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, how you say it? Uh, you know, it's a work in progress with, with, with Jasper. Uh, he's shown some, some obvious uh, talent. You know, he's been pretty good with uh, puck battles. I think his face-offs have been decent. Um, I think, though, he still needs some, some, some work with some of just sort, sort of uh, reacting to the speed of the NHL. I think that's something that, but that's something that he can learn, you know, be it with uh, if he does get sent down at any point to the Barracuda or if he stays with the Sharks the whole season. That's something that, that, that you can get better at um, as, you, as you develop. Um, he also is playing on a power play a bit. Um, he's uh, net front uh, for, for one of the power play units, which is pretty impressive for a rookie. Um, and so I think that, yeah, I think it's, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag for him to start. But if you look at it on the balance, though, it's a rookie player who has taken regular NHL minutes at, at, at a fourth line and not looked out of place. Then it's actually it balances to it's been a it's been a very good uh, promising start for uh, Weatherby. OK, and he's one of the few North Dakota players that didn't end up in Ottawa. <laughs> uh shang thanks so much for uh for filling us in on everything uh san jose give another shout out and a plug for your podcast and uh and the san jose hockey now so we get it right and all of our listeners can follow your stuff yeah uh, just uh, follow my work at uh shang underscore paying on twitter uh san jose hockey now is the website that i write at and the san jose hockey now podcast you can hear that every week Fantastic! Thanks for uh, for joining us tonight. Be safe out there. It's Thank not uh, it's not back to uh, normal yet, so uh, uh, we look forward to running into you very soon. Yeah, yeah, excited. Uh, th- thanks a lot, Scott. Rob. Thank you. All right, that's Shang Peng from San Jose Hockey Now. Rob and I will be right back in about two minutes to wrap up another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wager, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com.
Really, JR? You think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, Casino, everything that you want in downtown Las Vegas, right off of the uh, Fremont Street. Ah, Scott Strandy with you in a very cool uh, Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host is always Rob Rothfar, about from a coolish Southern California, but nobody's crying tears for Rob in Southern California, <laughs> let's face it. Um, <laughs> uh, Rob, every time we have Shang on, uh, just such a wealth of knowledge. It could yes. be like a four-hour show because he just <laughs> has so much depth, especially into the San Jose market. I know when he was uh, first year with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights too, same thing there. So tremendous work ethic. It's, it's great to have him on, and he just has so much knowledge. Was there anything that he said that, that jumped out at you as surprising. Uh, that Evander Kane won't be a welcome back in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> oh shush! <laughs> yeah, I mean that that is uh, that is uh, I don't know. It, it's yeah. so so bizarre. Uh, I just don't know uh, when you're making that kind of money, and I know money's not everything, but come on. He's got four years left, $7 million a year, and you can't make it work? Well, so, some people, uh, when, the, when they don't have it between the ears, you don't have it between the ears, and it doesn't matter how much you make. Uh, the one question, actually, uh, now that uh, since we talked about it earlier and, and uh, we didn't really, we kind of put it to bed, was just reaction around the league. What is Shang uh, hearing uh, from the players about the beach situation? That's that's one thing I could uh, would have liked to have asked them. Uh, what he's hearing. What, what are the shark players saying uh, about it? Yeah, good point. Uh, like I said, it just it just gets carried away because he has so much knowledge and right. he uh, he's able to just uh, recall so many different things. He's just got a tremendous memory. Uh, and a tremendous feel for the game and, and the organization that is San Jose. I, I would have to say I think everybody is a little surprised that uh, San Jose is off to the start that they, you know, they, they started off 4-0, but they're 5-3 right. now right. or whatever. Right. Um, but still, um, who would have thought that? And then you look at what's going on in Vegas, you see the injuries there, and um, you know what they're dealing with. And by the way, Jack Eichel is going to be traded to Vegas pretty soon. And uh, <laughs> did, <laughs> oh, did, I, did I just slip that in? Wait, didn't I? Didn't I tell you that I thought Vegas and haven't I always said Vegas? And you're like, no, they're not going to be able to do it. I'm like, no, Vegas will you, find the cap way to do it. You told me he was going to be a Ranger. No, 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 no. I said if he's not a Vegas Golden Knight, he'd be a Ranger. But I always felt the Golden Knights would come in with some sort of crazy type of offer, and they would get a deal done. Well, listen, this this is the piece that uh, Vegas has been missing is a very solid center. They've had great wings. They've had solid. You would help defense. any They've team. Good... Well, I realize that, <laughs> but I realize that. But I think what uh, what Vegas has has identified over the last five years is that we need a good dominant centerman, and we haven't been able to find one. Uh, yeah, they're Riley... trying to find their own McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, of course they are. <laughs> Everybody so... wants a McDavid. If they can't, Eichel's pretty close. He's a pretty good player. Okay, so I think we need to finish up by talking about that. I know there's a whole bunch of stuff we could talk about as well, but uh, the rumors uh, abound now say that uh, uh, Thanksgiving is kind of a not set in stone, but kind of a uh, uh, line in the sand deadline where uh, Eichel wants to get the surgery. And right. uh, obviously it's not going to work out in Buffalo, so they're going to have to come to some resolution. I think – the names that have been mentioned in uh, in Vegas make a lot of Vegas people, including our own Stephen Marsh, sick to his stomach. Um, <laughs> but nobody wants to see an Alex Tuck or uh, 
a Peyton Krebs or right. a Nick Haig or any of those guys that would have to go. I also heard a lot about uh, it might have to involve a third team, team. yeah, just just to make the dollars work if if uh, uh, Vegas is going to send a lot of low-dollar guys. Right. Um, that might have to happen. But right. um, is, is it uh, Jack Eichel, like today I was hearing on NHL Network, they said, okay, if he has a surgery before Thanksgiving and he goes into three months' worth of uh, recovery and they use the time – uh, for the uh, Olympics. Olympics, yeah, to to let him rehab and get accustomed to it, uh, back on the ice, and maybe a March first deadline. Uh, is a Jack Eichel on March first going to make any difference for any team this season? You know, I've thought about that, and I'm like, you know, a guy like that would be great for the playoff push. It's it's almost it's like a deadline acquisition that you would get. But then it's like, do you risk that? Do not have him rest the rest of that time, be healthy, and then you get a Jack Eichel ready to go in the preseason, you know, out of the gate, rather than hope he takes to the surgery and you let him come back slowly. You know, that's going to be an interesting uh, dilemma for whoever acquires him. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you on that. And, like, where where is a team like Vegas going to be? I mean, we're missing Pacioretty. We're missing uh, – and I say we – I'm just throwing out the <laughs> Vegas. Vegas is missing missing Pacioretty. They're missing Stone. Alex right. Tuck hasn't been involved. Right. Uh, of course, he's one of the the trade pieces that everybody's talking about. Now William Carlson is out with a broken foot. Right. He's going to be out for a period of time. Uh, what position is Vegas going to be in on March first? Uh, is there going to come to a point where they just uh, you know? And let's say you trade that that package of players. Um, do you have depth now? Do you have enough depth to get into the playoffs? Well, that's what you were talking about March 1st. And I'm thinking, you know what? If they make that trade, will March 1st even matter? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Will March 1st even matter? Because uh, are they going to be able to survive? I mean, you're talking about a lot of depth players. And if you have injuries and, um, you know, the game of hockey is susceptible to injuries. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and if you make that trade, you don't make the playoffs. You know, that could almost be the best case scenario is if you don't make the playoffs because then you don't have to worry about it. Then you just – he rehabs regular if he, if it's Vegas that he goes to. Uh, I, I'm torn on this because he's such a talent that you know he's going to help. But how much – how effective will he be when the level of play is that high and intense right out of the gate as opposed to having that ramp-up period like he would at the beginning of a season? Yeah, totally agree. If you got to end on this note – um, <laughs> I hate to even end on this note. I'm sorry, Arizona fans, but uh, the, the Coyotes uh, are still winless. Um, the stories are going around now that the uh, Arizona Cardinals are 7-1 and one and play a 17-game season, and uh, the Coyotes are uh, oh, what and what and what and um, uh, play a 82-game schedule. Is there a chance, and there may be even a betting line on this, that the Arizona Cardinals win more games this season than the Coyotes. <laughs> uh, but here's the worst news is that the Blackhawks won tonight. So, therefore, the Coyotes are now, I think, the only winless team, if I'm not mistaken. Where, where do they get a win? I mean, I thought they played a phenomenal game the other day against uh, Carolina, but you could just see it uh, building. Uh, I didn't see the game. I heard it. and But you could just feel it that Carolina was going to find a way to pull it out. And it seems like that's what happens. And the longer that happens with your team, um, wh when do you finally get over the hump? When do you finally get a win? Uh, you know, you look at the schedule, and you start circling teams of what you, of teams you think you could beat. And if I if we go to Arizona's schedule, uh, if we click on it real quick here and see, they play. They're at the Flyers next. You know, do they they have a shot at that? They're at Anaheim after that. You know, so you look at the schedule like, okay, they play the fly. Oh, they, they're home to the cracking. You know, so they have, you know, in the next three, I, I'm going to predict in the next three they're going to win a game. Ah, going out on a limb. I love it. Going out on I a limb. It. I love <laughs> it. Don't go too far out on that limb because if somebody comes along the chainsaw, you're going down, my friend. Well, the nice part <laughs> is, is all these games happen before our next uh, podcast on Monday, November 7th. So we'll know if I'm right or wrong before that. 
<laughs> I love it. There'll be all kinds of stuff that goes down between now and next Monday. But oh, absolutely! Uh, <laughs> oh, what, what a great week! Uh, I promise, folks, we'll get into AHL stuff again next week. But uh, we just had to get in this, this stuff. And I thought the the COVID stuff, the Evander Kane stuff. Uh, obviously, a lot of people have asked me about the Passionics and uh, where they stand within the organization. I thought uh, uh, Sheng laid that out pretty well. Also, so. We thank him for coming on. Rob, take it away. Well, that's that's, a, that's the thing about Shang is that every question we ask, it's such a detailed answer, and, and there's no follow-up because he answers every question in his follow-up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, I in his and I'm not being funny about it. That's how that's how in-depth he is. With, yeah, with, I know. With I his know. knowledge and, his, and his, his relationships with the teams, that he's able to get such good information. That and, uh, We thank him for joining answer. us tonight, for sure. Yes, this, and uh, – uh, we'll close on this. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Our new extra Anejo is aged in at least three years before bottled. Get your bottle tonight now at CancionTequila.com. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, from the Fremont Street experience to the iconic Coney Island restaurant, we are more than just great game in action. Book your spot at DD.com. I think I took the wrong copy but verizon wireless the 5g and 5g ultra band for business america's been waiting for buy summer skates fall winter doesn't matter we still like to keep our drinks cold get your personalized koozies and shower shoes go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner by behind the mask and behind the mask.com where we can provide for all your hockey needs on the ice or in line see the website for our three valley locations and more Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices that it always seems to take long, you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system, energy, stamina, recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino's Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download on the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, or the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Resort and Casinos, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right. Well done, my friend. Uh... Well, we got all kinds of hockey coming up. Uh, lighter week in the NHL with the AHLs going on, and uh, I'm going to see an AHL game. I'm going to see Texas and uh, Colorado either tomorrow night or Wednesday night, yet to be determined. But uh, So I'll get back into the AHL scene, and, of course, uh, NCAA hockey uh, in full swing. Paul Hornstein and I will be with you tomorrow night for College Hockey Southwest Weekly, and Stephen Marsh and I will join you for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly on Wednesday night. So, Rob, thanks for all your insight. Thank you to Shang Peng from San Jose Hockey Now uh, for joining us. And uh, we'll say goodnight with a little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro. Thank you. Good night. Good night, everybody.